Hello and welcome to episode 14 of A Good Book Review, a podcast where we sit down and review a wide variety of books that have been written for a Christian audience. My name is Alex Sands and this is Chase Vitor. Yes, it is. Hi. Uh, in today's podcast, we are once again sitting down with Michael Bowman, pastor here at Christ Covenant, uh, and we're going to be listening to his thoughts on a book titled On the Incarnation, uh, that is On the Incarnation, and it's by St. Athanasius. Uh, on the Incarnation was originally originally written over 1,500 years ago, and it's currently available on Amazon for a list price of $17 even at the time of this recording. Michael serves as the assistant pastor for Christ Covenant Church in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and studied at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School prior to serving his church. He was also featured on this podcast previously in episodes 5 and 9, and we're excited to welcome him back for today's conversation. Thank you for joining us, Michael. Hey, I'm so excited to get to talk about this. Thanks for being willing to do it. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Jumping right into it, Michael. Uh, question number one for you. Generally on this program, we've reviewed books that have been written within the last century or two. Uh, so I think the first question that could be prompted here and that I'd love to hear answered is with regards to its age. Um, Pastor Bowman, what is the strongest case for this book's continued relevance in today's evangelical Christianity? So one of the arguments could just be that we're even talking about it right now. Not, <laughs> not because we're talking about it, but like you said, this book was written in the fourth century. Yeah. And yet somehow it's still coming up. Right. Uh, over the course of the history of the church, this is one of the most popular and most influential uh, works hmm. of all time. I mean, this is this this has been inc incredibly influential, and whether it is by you know the the number of sales or something like how we we would make a judgment on that in our day, mm -hmm. uh, more so it's it, it's not as much that although I'm I'm sure it's been all over the place. Sure, but uh, almost every great theological work, almost every great systematic theologian, uh, I can't say for sure exclusively because maybe you know maybe there's someone who did not reference this, but uh, they all knew Athanasius. They knew this work. They understood it. And this is uh, something that undergirds so much of our uh, kind of theological understanding and tradition. Okay. Prior to recording this episode, you know that there's no other book beside the Bible itself that you're re you've read as many times as you've read this one for theological study. I assume this wasn't exclusively for academic requirement. So what about this book has compelled you to return to it time and again? So originally, I just wanted to learn more about the mm -hmm. early church fathers and some of the things they wrote. I wanted to understand it more. Uh, you know, uh, so Athanasius is writing in the 300s. Mm -hmm. We don't know maybe the exact date that he wrote this, but uh, he's dealing with certain controversies uh, in that day that I wanted to understand more and, and grapple with more. I did have to read this book, uh, I think, multiple times during my time at seminary. Mm. Uh, but also, I've read it a, a whole lot of times apart from that. Mm. And I want to use every opportunity I can to get people like yourselves and anyone listening to this to read it, because yeah. I think it's that important. It's, mm. it's, it's okay. that helpful. Uh, you don't read it instead of your Bible, but this will be a help to understand mm. uh, in a deeper way the reason for Christ's coming in the flesh. Hmm. Yeah, you briefly mentioned there the issues that he was addressing that day, and that'll be the next question that Alex asks. But prior to that, uh, we, we've talked in previous episodes about like an elevator pitch. Um, and so, yeah, using a sentence or two, Michael, if you were attempting to compel uh, some of our listeners to want to read this book, 
what is the the advertisement or the marketing scheme that you would give <laughs> for lack of a better word um, in order to do that? Yeah. So uh, in kind of the, the Western church tradition, there's a, there's a lot of things right now that are problematic. Uh, in, in a recent study poll that came out uh, that was put out by Ligonier Ministries, uh, mm, yes. it showed that uh, something like 50% of self-proclaimed American evangelicals uh, would say that uh, Jesus was not necessarily God. He was just a good teacher. Or I he saw was a, that. He yeah. was the greatest yep. of men. Right. Uh, that is what historically in the church would be called Arianism. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a part of Arianism that Christ was not God. He was just one of the created beings, mm-hmm. often the greatest of created beings, sure, but he sure. was not God. Right. Uh, if that is true, there is no salvation. Mm-hmm. If that is true, everything the Bible teaches about the incarnation is wrong, and the whole of the faith collapses. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is going to happen where that is the belief. Athanasius wrote this book in the context of his fight against Arianism mm-hmm. in the 4th century. And so uh, that's the context of this work. It's all about providing an understanding of why Christ had to be truly man, mm. why, why the second person of the Trinity had to take on flesh, but also why uh, he had to be truly God or mm. it's all worthless. Hypostatic union. Human. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So here's a little story. Uh, so Athanasius is writing uh, at this time. There is kind of... Uh, you know, this significant problem in the church, the vast majority of the church at one point uh, during Athanasius' life uh, was Arian, uh, officially. Mm. Those running the churches were uh, self-proclaimed Arians. Sure. And so uh, this was a major theological battle. And at one point, it looked like it was basically all over. And so uh, the tradition has come down to us that there is one point that uh, someone close to Athanasius came to him and said, uh, right now, basically, uh, the whole world was against him. He said, that, like, the, the world is against you on this. Why are you fighting the world is against you when mm-hmm. it comes to this issue of the incarnation? So he's told the world is against you. And his response, according to tradition, is that he responded to this man, uh, then it will be Athanasius against the world. That was his response. That's what he was uh, ready to do. He was, he was literally ready to take on the whole world for the sake of proclaiming this truth. Another reason for its relevance. Mm. That's how important this is. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I bit, you basically had already answered four mm-hmm. of what is the main issues that he addresses in on the incarnation. Uh, so now five, do you perceive that this book's age creates any sort of barrier for a new believer to read it? Mm. That's a good question. Uh, you know, I this is not the kind of book that I would recommend necessarily right away, although my what I'm going to say every time is if they are willing to read it, mm-hmm. yes, do it. I mean, it's true. It's good. It's, I mean, it is, it is biblical truth mm-hmm. as he explains it. And so uh, that is not something that I would ever tell someone to shy away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not scared that somebody's going to read this and say, well, it's over my head. So now I'm not going to believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's truth. And so if they want to read it, great. It's not the book I would start with. Okay. Uh, necessarily, although there are, there are truths and ideas contained in it about the necessity of the hypostatic union, uh, about mm-hmm. how our salvation is based upon this, uh, about how uh, God redeems the world and, and brings about a renewal of creation, mm-hmm. just as he created through Christ, through the second person, 
the Trinity through the Word mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, so too he recreates through the Word, mm-hmm. through his coming in the flesh. Uh, and so uh, there are ideas there that you absolutely would want to explain mm-hmm. to those who are questioning the faith and trying to understand, but uh, you probably would not start here. Sure. Yep. No, that's great. I also briefly just want to make mention of, I, I had used the term hypostatic union earlier, and you might have just heard Michael say that again. Um, we don't want to speak in Christianese, so I apologize. I, I'll just kind of define that briefly for some of our listeners who don't know what that means. Essentially, the hypostatic union is um, the biblical truth that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. Not that he was 50-50 or that for a brief time in history he wasn't God and he was just man, but instead that he, in the incarnation, fully took on uh, all of the, the brokenness of humanity and none of the sinfulness and also retained uh, fully his, his Godhead status. Um, and so that, that's super important. If you wanted to hear more on that topic, I would highly commend, uh, there's a rapper, a rap artist called Shy Lin, and he's got this great, uh, this great song that I learned from a man named Tanner Beebe. It's, uh, it's called The Hypostatic Union by Shy Lin. He's got three verses and it's just saturated with biblical truth. And like, I memorized the whole thing, to be honest. And like, that's how I recall the hypostatic union now. So um, awesome. would recommend. Anyways, uh, back to the purpose of the podcast. <laughs> um, Michael, you kind of touched on this already a little bit as to like, maybe not being the first book that you'd read. Could you try to describe to us the ideal person to whom you would recommend this book? So like, what would that person, like, I'm, I'm asking, of course, for the listeners here, um, who would be especially appealed towards this and would find it especially rewarding? Um, what would that be thinking and questioning? Um, yeah, if you're listening to this, it will be rewarding. Hmm. Read it. Uh, that's what I would say. Again, part of this is just because I, I do have the desire to, uh, I want people to understand the, the depth of the faith. Uh, in many ways, our understanding of who God is, of who Christ is, has been watered down to just the the, the simplest little bit. And it's not to say that that's bad mm-hmm. that you understand a little bit about Christ. Uh, although, if you've been a Christian for some time and you still don't have a depth of understanding, that is bad. Right? Right, you are still right. drinking milk when you should be eating meat. Food, you should, yeah. yep. you should mm-hmm. grow up and eat solid food. And so, mm-hmm. uh, in order to grow in maturity, I think this would be incredibly helpful. It may be difficult, okay? So, it... Uh, Athanasius is writing in the fourth century. There are going to be things that he talks about and says that maybe you don't, you know, he's going to bring up the Epicureans and you might not have a clue who that is. And that's okay. Uh, I think the way that he communicates it, and especially if you have a good uh, modern translation, uh, I think that uh, it can be extremely uh, helpful. And I do think that you can understand it, even if it's a little bit more difficult than some things you read. I think it can be uh, something that will definitely benefit you in your understanding of Christ. Hmm. Okay. So it is obvious that this book has left a strong impression on you and your understanding of God. What would you say has been the most impactful lasting truth from reading on the incarnation? Hmm. That's an easy question to answer, right? (laughs) (laughs) Again, you know, I could flip this in front of you. You just see, I mean, the book is covered in notes and underlines Mm -hmm. and, and markings of all kinds for me. And again, I've, I've read through it so many times that it's it's uh, hard to pull out any one thing. Uh, this book has influenced uh, how I understand uh, Christ and his coming, how I understand redemption. Uh, it, it's influenced my uh, eschatology and my belief about the church. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's influenced everything. Things yeah. that you wouldn't expect because it's just sure. on the incarnation. Sure. But here's, this is, let me read this. This is going to be a little bit of a longer quote. Okay. okay. But this is, uh, to me, uh, so important. And this is, 
uh, one of the ways that Athanasius is talking about the resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about how in the resurrection, Christ conquered death and how that's seen in how Christians no longer fear death. Yeah. So this is, this is what he says. Uh, there's proof of this too for men who before they believe in Christ think death horrible and are afraid of it once they are converted despise it so completely that they go eagerly to meet it and themselves become witnesses of the Savior's resurrection from it even children hasten thus to die and not men only but women train themselves by bodily discipline to meet it so weak has death become that even women who used to be taken in by it mock at it now as a dead thing robbed of all its strength mm. death has become like a tyrant who has been completely conquered by the legitimate monarch bound hand and foot as now and now as the the passers-by jeer at him hitting him and abusing him no longer afraid of his cruelty and rage because of the king who has conquered him so has death been conquered and branded for what it is by the savior on the cross it is bound hand and foot all who are in christ trample it as they pass and as witnesses to him deride it scoffing and saying oh death where is thy victory mm -hmm. oh grave where is thy sting wow. so we just went through a, a you know and are right in the midst of when recording this this global pandemic people are very afraid of death mm -hmm. death has been defeated right and and the way that athanasius can communicate that and and picture it and obviously it's a it's a little bit older language and he's talking about monarchs and and sure, so, sure. like kings and what does that look like but but he's able to communicate the fact that when someone actually knows Christ, the real Christ, there's actually no more fear of death. Mm -hmm. uh, when you are truly converted, uh, that fear of death, though it might try to come back once in a while, uh, across the board, it's, it is gone. And especially in his day, mm -hmm. he's speaking at a time when there's been many, many people martyred, just as there mm -hmm. are in our day and many other places mm -hmm. in the world. And yet they're able to go to death without any fear yeah. because they know the one who has conquered the grave and this mm. is the incarnate word this is christ who came in mm. the flesh and so it's incredibly important i there's a, a point in the book where he speaks of sin and he calls sin the dehumanizing of mankind mm. it, it it destroys or it, it, it seeks to decreate what god made man for when you live in mm -hmm. sin that's what it does uh, it brings mm. destruction yeah. instead of allowing you to grow into the kind of person that god would have you be and what you were created to do and so uh, there's there's so much uh, and there's so many uh, great lines there's so many great ways and metaphors that he uses to communicate these truths this is this is why i say i think people can understand it because he uses these great word pictures uh in his explaining of these mm -hmm. things but ultimately it all comes back to his deep understanding and knowledge of christ mm. dude that was awesome that honestly that quote reminded me of like william wallace on the battlefield just like that's screaming victory there, it's dude. It's Athanasius was... against the world. You know, like this is what he's doing. You're like, you have some like triumphant like. Uh, who's the guy that does the music for Star Wars? Uh, John Williams, I can't remember his name. That background music needs to be playing as I'm hearing Michael Reed Athanasius here. That was just that's that was right. You can, you can put it to it. You yeah, we'll, to we'll, it we'll add that in. Yeah. What's going There's on a little today? There's a little, uh, Shyland William Wallace. <laughs> a little podcast advertisement. For it. That's right. Yeah. You can put on oh man, we should have the camera roll for that. Dang it. Huh. Okay, well, anyways, um, the next question I have for you is kind of a, a two-bit one here. Um, and so the, the first one, um, I think there's a lot of different ways that Christian authors write books. And some of them, like I think of 
Uh, a good example of this would be like a Tim Keller, right in such a way where you need to be in a zone where you can really be focused on what you're ingesting. Because otherwise, like for me, as I'm reading Reason for God, I can spend 10 minutes and all of a sudden realize, crap, I need to flip back three pages and restart because like I just I wasn't in a place where I was able to take on the weight of what he's saying versus like um, John Mark Comer writes some books very conversationally. And you can read that very lightly and come into it maybe with a little bit more uh, liberal attention span. Uh, and so part one of this question, is, and I would put it all under the umbrella of, of commitment, what is required in terms of commitment? Part one would be attention wise. Um, is, is this a book that you would want to make sure that you have an attention span prior to coming in and um, some degree of reverence for, for the literature you're about to read? So that, that's part one. And then part two, um, with regard to time, what are we looking at for commitment um, as, as we've asked on, on previous podcasts and books? Yeah, so the the book itself is my copy of it, which is a small book, mm -hmm. is like yep. 90 pages. Yep. Uh, it's not a huge length, um, but it is weighty. Mm. And uh, we are generally... Uh, people who do not we're not able to lift a lot yeah I'll put it that way. Yep, yeah uh, we're, we're used to a culture of leisure mm -hmm. we're used to a church culture of kind of you know being comfortable right kick back a little bit it's kind of relaxed everything's very conversational mm -hmm. and there's some pluses to that uh, one of the things that can be problematic though is that uh, when we discuss issues that are so important right we're talking about Christ himself mm -hmm. his person his yeah. work Right? We're talking about the incarnation. This is tremendously weighty, uh, eternally weighty. Right? Th th this matters eternally. And Athanasius writes like that. Yeah. He, he's, very, he's very good at, again, using word pictures and metaphors to help you understand what he's talking about. Hmm. But it's still going to be weighty. And so you will want to set aside proper time. Right? You won't want to just you know, come into this quick, you know, read a sentence here, read a sentence there. Uh, it's going to take a little bit more work in order to truly understand it, even for no other reason than the cultural context that he's writing from. Mm -hmm. It's very different. It's a very different time. Yeah. But you can do it. It, it, it is possible. Uh, but you'll want to set aside a decent amount of time to sit and meditate and think about mm -hmm. what he's talking about. All right. Would you say there are any areas of the book that would come across as controversial? And if so, which areas? There's almost definitely going to be something, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Athanasius is not writing in the midst of kind of our current church landscape yeah. and the, right. you know, kind of the, the arguments and disagreements and things yeah. like that that we have. And so he's going to say things uh, that for an American evangelical anyway might sound a little bit off, a little bit strange, a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but the vast majority of what he talks about just has to do with the person and work of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as far as that goes, I don't think that there will be massive amounts of you know uh, disagreement that will be found here. Uh, although I say that, I'm sure that you know, someone will pick it up. And <laughs> right. Be like, what? Look, right yeah, here on the first page, email. he says something so weird. Yep, yep. Uh, no, that's, that's you know, witness. probably going to happen. Here's something interesting, though. And, uh, this is, it's a weighty book. It's an important topic. Ultimately, what Athanasius does uh, toward the end of the book is he tells everyone that's reading, that they need to ultimately go back to the word to understand these truths. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he pushes people in that direction. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he says is that uh, we should understand 
that scripture like our forefathers in the faith have and mm -hmm. he speaks of the fathers those those who have gone before us in the faith and how they understood the scripture and how he's just he is just you know kind of passing on what hmm. they taught about yeah. what the scriptures taught remember this is also a time when you don't have a bible on every wide show. access yeah you don't absolutely. have wide access to the bible and so you're relying upon these men who are teaching it and he's saying look this is this all comes from the scripture and we know that because these men who have gone before us who read the scripture taught the scripture this is this is what they found in the scripture and one of the interesting things he says though is that uh, if you want to understand the scripture like them his he says then you also need to live like them mm -hmm. and what he means by it is uh, in order to understand the scripture rightly you also have to obey it yeah and so to to understand the full weight to understand the the full glory of what he's talking about uh, the 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 commendation from him would be go to the scripture mm -hmm. right now that we do have access to the scripture go to the scripture but do it with the kind of reverence that someone like an athanasius would mm -hmm. right and and do it uh in obedience mm -hmm. don't just do it to you know prove a point don't just uh go about it lightly yeah. like oh this is just you know quick take your little instagram photo look just me and jesus just right me and the word. right but go understanding like we're talking about the incarnate word, the mm -hmm. second person of the Trinity made flesh, come to redeem the world, come to renew us after his image, who died on the cross, who rose again from the dead. Like this is of eternal weight and value. Mm -hmm. That's how we should go to the scripture to understand this. And I think that Athanasius is an extremely helpful guide in how to do that. Yeah. Um, as we were writing up the script um, for today's podcast of just kind of questions that we wanted to make sure we hit on. Um, I think this was probably the one in, in all of our time so far for a good book review, I probably felt the least equipped for in terms of like knowing what information exactly was important uh, to come across for Alex and I. And so I would be remiss if I didn't give you uh, a chance, Michael, to kind of tell us if we're missing anything, like if, if it's important for listeners mm -hmm. to hear a specific part of the book or, or some other, some other thing that Alex and I have missed thus far. So um, I don't know if you're able to think of anything or not, but if so, this is a great time to to say that which we have forgotten to ask you about i i think that we have very much covered the important ground uh let me just reiterate again mm -hmm. read the book uh, you can get it free so i know you said the amazon price and everything but you can get it free uh on if you go to uh, ccel.org this is christian classics uh, ethereal library mm -hmm. uh, they have tons of, of free christian works especially classics from mm -hmm. uh, the early centuries of the church and just search athanasius you can find a free copy of on the incarnation there a uh, free pdf mm -hmm. you can buy i'm sure you can find an ebook anywhere even on on ccel.org i'm sure that you can find that uh where you can read this for free uh, okay. you, you don't need to spend a bunch of money uh to find it if you do want to buy a copy i have a copy from uh saint vladimir's press with an introduction from c.s lewis and i love it i think it's a great little copy uh they i know that that uh publisher does put out uh little uh copies of early church works like this and mm -hmm. so uh, i would recommend that as far as an actual copy but that is my that is what i want to leave everyone with reading mm -hmm. right this is about okay. christ it's about his incarnation mm -hmm. uh it, it this is of eternal importance it's a very important yeah. book yeah so now to wrap it up with this one question are there any other books that primarily come to mind if you were looking to follow up proceed reading on the incarnation that's a good question uh, I can't think of any that particularly come to mind, at least not right now. Um, okay. But part of that is probably because 
most books that I read, this is the book that comes to mind. Oh, or, or when, okay. I'm, when, I'm, <laughs> when I'm recommending books to people, yeah, yep. and it's like, well, we read this. What do you recommend? Uh, whenever it's in this area, you know, uh, mm-hmm. of of the study of the person and work of Christ, yeah, on the incarnation. That is my recommendation. All right. Sweet. Awesome. Well, again, that's going to be a, a good spot for us to wrap up today's podcast. But Michael, we are, uh, as as previously said, and, and we can't express enough, we're incredibly grateful. Yes. Just an overflow of gratitude yes. from both Alex and I for your willingness to sit down with us and yeah, share your insights and thoughts and wisdoms on uh, this important piece of Christian literature. Thanks so much, Michael. So glad to do it. Yeah. Uh, if any of our listeners were, listeners were interested in hearing more from you, Pastor Bowen, where could we refer them to? So you can reach out to me. Uh, my email is Pastor Michael J. Bowman at gmail.com. Um, I have a podcast that you can search for uh, called Thinking Out Loud with Pastor Michael. And uh, if you go to ccc-pca.org, that's our church website, you can find out more about the church. You can, uh, you know, if you're in the lacrosse area especially, yeah. hit me up. I'd love to uh, talk more and discuss some of these things if you want. Uh, you can also find there some sermons of mine and, and some other writing that I do. Sweet. Yeah. Also, uh, if you were just going to stay restricted to the podcast, you can go back to episodes five or nine, where Michael uh, was our featured guest. And both of those podcasts were on books from J.I. Packer, if you're interested in that especially renowned theologian. And as we also always note, if you, the listeners, have any further questions, concerns, contentions, anything else that you'd like to mention to us, uh, or we've discussed today, uh, feel free to email us at a good book review podcast at gmail.com. That's it. Uh, We'll be back again in a couple weeks with episode 15. So until then, uh, take care.